Hey friends, welcome to Boss Barista, the podcast about workplace equity and employee empowerment in coffee and beyond. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. My guest today is Tio Fallon, an award-winning roaster and co-founder of Three Keys Coffee in Houston, Texas. I've recorded an interview with Tio before. He was the October featured roaster for another project that I work on called Matchbook, where we do these unique coffee experiences with roasters from across the nation. And during that conversation, we have this really jovial vibe together. So I asked him if he would be a guest on this show. The name Three Keys refers to the three valves on a trumpet, an instrument that Tio grew up playing. Music is featured prominently in his brand. Many of the coffees come with playlists, and his coffees use flavor notes, kind of the same way you might think of musical notes. Three Keys, which he founded with his wife Kenzel, is deeply personal and a reflection of him and his family. But it's also open to interpretation, which is kind of where this episode gets a little bit sticky and a little bit weird, but really, really interesting. As we talk about the relationship between coffee and music, we dive into uncharted territory about what it means for a business or an idea to be embedded within you. And something that I've thought a lot about with Boss Barista, where do I end and this thing, this podcast, this platform, this voice that you're listening to, where does that all begin? It's hard to pin down exactly a theme to this episode, but if you've ever thought about opening your own business and the emotional roller coaster it can entail, I hope you learn a lot from listening. Here's Tio. Tio, I was wondering if you could start just by introducing yourself. Hello, hello. Um, I'm Tio Fallon. I'm the founder, co-founder, and roaster at Three Keys Coffee here in Houston, Texas. How did you get into coffee? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think like it just uh, it was like a series of events, right? Um, you know, starting with uh, just being very passionate, like a, a th- coffee enthusiast. Um, I used to travel a lot and one of the things that, you know, really intrigued me about going to various countries was to, you know, enjoy or take in their coffee scene. So like, you know, going to coffee houses or or small cafes and, um, really getting the idea of, um, that particular region's, um, expression of coffee. Um, I would say some other like kind of sequence of events that kind of tied into it um, or, you know, were at play um, included just like randomly finding out that like coffee roasting was a thing or is it? (laughs) Um, I actually, I was in a watchmaking class. um, And so that came about just like a coworker of mine. He was part of this watch club um, in Houston and um, uh, they have these like, you know, weekend sessions where, they invite people in and you kind of like, they, you know, you got, you get like these vintage um, pocket watches and then part of the class is like tearing them down, dismantling all the parts and then putting it back together. 
So in and of itself, that part is like really cool or like brings out the nerdy side of me. But um, the icebreaker uh, for the event, like one of the guys is talking and he's like, yeah, you know, my free time, I home roast. Um, and I was like, oh, snap, that's like, you can like really do that? Like, that's a thing? And he's like, yeah, yeah, like I, you know, get beans and, you know, I store them. And so I just had this little conversation about it. But like, that was a light bulb moment for me. Um, I, I guess the that final inspiration or like something that like kind of pushed me over the hump to say like, let me try my hands at, hand at this and, you know, if I fail, whatever. But, you know, I want to try. Um, and that was actually, you know, the passing of my grandfather. And so, you know, during his funeral, you know, I'm just sitting there just hearing all these people, like people came in from all over and, you know, you know, people are just like reflecting back on like his influence in their, in their life. And like, I'm just thinking about his legacy and like thinking about even like, not just the influence on their life, but the influence on mine. Um, but what I did think was like, how if I if I left this world like tomorrow or next year, you know, what would be my legacy? You know, like how can I make a mark on on the world in a positive way um, through something that I love? Like, obviously, he had his passion and his love. You know, what was my what's my passion? What what is it that I love and that I can share? And for me you know, coffee, coffee was that answer. Something that I love that I think I can do really well and that I can then share with people. That's kind of how I got, that's kind of how we get to where, where we are now with three keys. I, I love that you were able to put like all of those different, almost like puzzle pieces together. Like it seemed it was a passion project, but also this moment for you where you had to reflect on you know, what, what direction is my life going, which often happens during loss. Like it all, it all fits together. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is. Like you said, um, pieces of a puzzle or like connecting dots. Um, and so even as I was thinking about like what the brand could be, um, I really just leaned into and tapped into just my life experiences. And so, you know, thinking about the influence of my grandfather and him being the reason why I started playing trumpet in the first place. Um, and the fact that I played trumpet from elementary school all the way up through college. So that was a, that, that was a big piece of me. Like that was my passion before coffee. Like I was heavy into music and heavy into just being the best trumpet player I could be. Um, and really the, the reason why I stopped is more so of like a fork in the road of like, all right, you're in college, you didn't go to college to major in music. You went to college to major in engineering because you liked math and science to but you're struggling. So, you know, you have a choice to make. And so I thought at the time, the more responsible thing to do was to like, say, Hey, like, I'm just going to focus on getting my degree and, and you know, getting a good GPA or what have you, and, you know, uh, focus on establishing a career in engineering. Um, so in doing that, you know, I had to put a, put a piece of me, put away just that piece of me. Um, but I felt like as I was thinking about coffee and how I could express my expression of coffee 
to the wider audience, I could leverage like just the, that personal experience, um, that unique, exp- an experience that's not unique to me, but it's my story and I can right. tell it through coffee. Um, so that's how the name three keys came about, you know, being that it's the three valves of the trumpet. Um, and then, you know, being a teenager, you know, idolizing like folks like Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, um, I felt like there's a story that could be told there as well that um, in a genre of music that is just like widely accepted and widely appreciated for it's uh, for that, you know, uh, uh, the essence of improvisation, um, originality, um, and just like the artistic and creativeness that is jazz. And so all of that to me is something that can be expressed through coffee. <laughs> and as far out as that sounds. No, it doesn't sound far out at all. <laughs> like, I just felt like there were parallels there. There's something really interesting about what you were saying before about this moment in your life when you were in college and you, you know, have this thing that you've been doing for so long, playing Trump and exploring music. And then you have this other pathway and you almost had to like shelf one of them to pursue the other, which feels like such a linear way we're taught to approach life. And it seems like as you got older, you were like, no, there's these parts of me that are important just because I don't have to express them as like, I'm a trumpet player. So I'm going to be a trumpet player. It's like, no, I'm a trumpet player. I'm a person who loves music. Let me find another way to harness this, which is like not something that I think we're taught as children or even as young adults to do. So it's really interesting that you were able to like take this thing that was so much part of your life and find a new way to translate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. We're sort of given this like linear approach to like what your pathway should be. (laughs) It's like, go to school, get education, pick a career, establish that career. And there you go. That's your life. Right. Um, but life is so beautiful and nuanced that you can make of it what you want and just tap into and, and, you know, draw from, you know, those experiences, um, your life experiences and create your own path. You know, and I just think about like, you know, sayings of like the road less traveled and, and, you know, sayings like that where you don't there. There's no cookie cutter approach to what your end result should be. Um, and, right. and I just think about like the. Yeah, like it, it took a while for me to realize that I could do both. Yeah, it seems like with three keys, you found this way to take things off a shelf that had been shelved and say they can live a new life, like they can be something else so they can exist in this way that still feels true to you, that's part of you, but without like, without being so rote, like without being like, oh, I love music, so I have to play music to express it. It's like, no, I love music and I find these commonalities between coffee and music and like my personal understanding of it that have found this new life in this way. So just to give people kind of like a timeline of your life, just because uh, we've been jumping around a lot and uh, incorporating all these different aspects of like your past and your present and even, even like a little bit of your future. Um, Before you started making coffee or before you started roasting, you were an engineer. Yeah. 
Still and am. Still you am. You still are. Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about like what your like days look like or like what like your whole I mean, to say what your whole life looks like is a very general, yeah. uh, very big question. But like, what is like, what is like the day in the life of T.O. Fallon look like? It's it's, uh, it's pretty intense. Like um, day in the life, wake up around like six, six thirty. Um, I would say my my career is in like oil and gas. So like, rewind that a little bit, and it's like, yeah, T.O. went to school to become a mechanic mechanical engineer and took a strong interest in like uh energy conversion like how do you take something and convert that into energy so that we can do things um so i looked at like all forms of energy like oil and gas solar wind um fuel cell technology just various forms of energy um or ways to produ- to produce energy uh what i would say is that like how I kind of ended up in oil and gas was really just a function of where technology was at the time. Um, and Grant, like I'm old as fuck. I'm like 38. <laughs> so shut up. I'm Stop old. it. Yeah. You're not that old. <laughs> yeah. I'm 34. Like we're, 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 we're hanging out in the same area. Yeah, we are. We're, we're like, yeah, you know, like the, we're in that age where we, um, have an appreciation for life before, like cr- the crazy technology that that it is today. Like I still remember, like pay phones and and, and pagers and you know the old. I was just watching. Um, do you remember that? Have you ever seen the show The IT Crowd? No, no. I feel like you'd really like it. Um, <laughs> but it's about these. Uh, it's a British show, and they're talking. One of the episodes is like one of the characters gets a new phone, and it's like a Nokia phone with like, like four characters on it. It's black and white. And I was like, I remember those. Hell yeah. That was like my first phone was the Nokia. And <laughs> yeah, me too. Snake, and then like those awful ringtones, like all of that. Remember all that shit. And remember like, you know, that transitioning to like messenger, like Facebook first came out, all that stuff. So anyhow, long story short, you know, coffee, especially during the time of COVID, like, and, you know, creating my own business, like that was the outlet. That was, you know, the opportunity for T.O. to be more of who I want to be as a person um, and how I want to, you know, operate um, on a on a day to day basis. The other, I guess, piece of that pie is like a little bit of therapy. Like this is like it's so, so therapeutic for me, like to be able to like turn off that other part of me, at least, you know, whether it's like at 4 p.m. Um, on a Monday and then like just turn on like just coffee and be able to like enjoy creating and doing something that like I really love and care about. And and I can just, you know, be more intentional and uh, uh, communicative with, with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think I forgot the question, but I think that's I- fine. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens when uh, you see, it, it, it's, it's always fun to see where people take things anyway, like where like people's minds go when they hear a question and like f- try to figure out like what's the thing that they want to talk about. So I'm always interested when people take a question like beyond the scope of what I had imagined it to be, because it's really exciting for people I don't know. I love it when people ask questions and like it makes you think of something else, um, 
which is really exciting. I don't know. That's just me nerding out on that kind of stuff. But you're, it's funny that you mentioned therapy as um, as like using coffee as like a form of therapy because you're the second person who's been on the show who has said that. Um, the first person is Maggie Nyamumbo who owns uh, Kahawa. Oh, I forget. Oh, 1893. Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, I know it's in my brain. Um, but the way that she talks about coffee is like a very, as a very like therapeutic response, um, which is really interesting. Cause I don't think I've ever thought about like, not just the process of coffee. Like I can imagine like sitting at the roaster and like allowing your senses to really take over is very therapeutic because it's almost like your brain is turning off and this like primal form of thinking takes over but then at the same time there's also this like very tactile experience of like i am making a thing that is physically in my hands that like that part is serving to people that um yeah yeah i would say that the ability to create something or to make something is so therapeutic for me and the fact that i can do it in a short amount of time like it only takes me like 20 minutes you know right minutes whereas like you know kind of day job like i'm working projects it's sometimes it takes six months eight months for something to materialize for me to feel like a sense of accomplishment or achievement whereas when making coffee um I know within 15 minutes whether I'll be proud of it or not. Um, or or I, could, I can theorize within 15 minutes whether I'm proud of it. Um, right. But there's also like just the little things in coffee. Like I would, I, I'll tell you like green sorting is so therapeutic for me. Like turning, like being able to just like turn off my brain and just identify. It's like that, uh, those little, you know, little workbooks you have as a kid and it's like, where's Waldo? Like you're just kind of looking for the outlier in a picture. Yeah. A thousand like <laughs> things. Um, green sorting is kind of like that. Like you have like a table full of like just perfectly processed beans or, you know, a, a hodgepodge or whatnot. Um, and you're just looking for like some that stick out and just that doing that, um, is, a, a sense of therapy. Um, I actually, so we green sort, we'll like green sort, um, even everything that we get will green sort. And even on like the roasted side of it, I'll do like a, I'll do a sort, like I'll look for like Quakers and like chips or something like, you know, I'm just, I don't know if that's an OCD sort of thing. Um, but for me, like there's, I just, I can just, um, mentally just be in a different space and, and really just focus on sorting. And it's so, it's easy. doesn't require a whole lot of caloric brain power. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, just hone in on it. I so, wonder, I wonder for you, um, I had a conversation with somebody recently just about, so I do, I do yoga pretty much every day at least for a little bit. And I think that for me, when I'm most successful at yoga is when I am only thinking about the sensations in my body. Like I'm not thinking about like, what does this look like? I'm not thinking about the world around me. I like enter a flow state and they're very short. They're like those very like seconds long moments where I am like totally focused on the thing that I'm doing and how it makes me feel versus like all of the exterior surrounding for lack of better word bullshit and i wonder if that's like a sensation that you feel like do you look for those moments of like getting in tune with like a different sense of yourself i do um like you said it's like so much like bullshit and distraction 
that when you're able to when 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 you're able to block that out um and really and even like the distractions in your brain like because like your mind is racing like oh i got this going on i gotta do like so when 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 you have that ability to sort of like cast all of that out and really silence all of that um and have just this like you said like this flow state where you're just existing in the moment you're not anxious about what's to come and you're not regretting what happened previously but you're existing in the moment and you're breathing and you're enjoying that breath that breath of air that you take um or you acknowledge it you acknowledge that breath of air that you take mm-hmm. like that's kind of those are like peaceful moments that I I try to exist in. I wonder with three keys, and this is something that I struggle with too, like three keys is so you. Like it is a reflection of your past. It is a reflection of the things that you're interested in. It exists. I, I, I mean I mean this as both like a compliment and also like a like a, a critical thing to extrapolate on. But like three keys could not come from anybody else. Like T.O. Fallon made three keys and it exists as a thing that you've made. And I wonder how that feels for you sometimes as like, do you ever feel like you're on display? Like, do you ever feel like there's too much of me in this? Like, I need to step back. (laughs) Yeah, um, I do feel like I fight. I, I definitely fight being on display. Like I've had philosophical conversations with Kenzel about like how much of ourselves do we put on display in this? Um, and she reminds me that part of our story, what makes us unique is the personal touch. Um, and that, you know, the whole idea of like connecting with people um, is about literally connecting with people, like being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, vulnerable, like mm-hmm. kind of just showing like, Hey, like this shit ain't easy. Like sometimes we're like roasting and I like have my kid with me, like, and he's like tired and ready to go. Um, but part of like what you see as three keys is you're seeing like a dedication. You're seeing like a dedicated father that also is a dedicated roaster. Um, that is also encompassed in a brand that is a reflection of a life experience and that and that absolutely is very intentional like I knew that like for three keys to exist I didn't want I wanted to kind of break the mold of what I felt like um you know third wave third wave coffee had become yeah Yeah, I want to hear more about that tell me what you were seeing and how you wanted to break that I felt like third wave coffee what I was seeing was like this, like coffee presented through like fictional narratives, like, um, you know, a brand based on um, just like something that you would find in, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm having trouble articulating this, but like things that are like, you know, like this, what does this exist in? Is this exist in a Moby Dick book or like? No, I see what you're saying. It's like very like. like what the, 
It's uh, like very precious language or like sometimes sometimes what really bothers me, this is really stupid. Um, but like when people use like the royal we in their marketing for some reason, I don't know why that bothers me, but it's like, who are you talking about? Like, who is this? Yeah. Like, and not to say that I need to know about every single person at your business, or even if you want some of that distance, I totally understand. But I think there's very, this very like twee, twee, I don't know if that's even the right word for it, but there's this very twee interpretation of like a very precious approach to coffee yeah it's like and i blame so so i I, i'm very i have this like very conflicted conflicted feelings about starbucks right Mm -hmm. so like part of me is like man like we i i appreciate how starbucks like you know pushed coffee forward Mm -hmm. but i felt like one thing that happened with with starbucks and that success is like people are kind of in their ways like trying to replicate that right so like Again, going to like these fictional, fictional like representations is like I think the Starbucks like logo is like some like freaking like ocean like <laughs> octopus. Like I don't know what the heck it is, but it's not. Yeah, real. it's like an ocean mermaid. Yeah, it's an ocean mermaid. Like that's my that's their that's the branding for the coffee. And I felt like er- since then a lot of brand like third wave brands, you know, became these sort of like fictional representations. Um, and yeah, it's hard to identify with that. Whereas like three keys is, you know, very kind of abstract because like you can have very, some miscellaneous interpretations of what three keys are like three keys to success or three keys of the three pillars of, you know, just things like that. Um, whereas like literally I was just thinking about the valves on my trumpet. Um, but Unpeel that, you know, next layer down. It's very intentional that this is supposed to be um, art inspired, music inspired, and ingenuity. Like, that's me. Like, three key valves on the trumpet plus the three pillars of what we stand for. Um, And it's a very true story. It is like literally an autobiography of 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 me you know told through coffee so that's why like it really it 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 is difficult for me to sort of disconnect myself from it and let three keys stand alone as much as i'd love to and 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 one day maybe three keys grows to become you know where it stands separate from me or kenzel or our family um but I, I, I'm also the force suppressing that from happening. <laughs> if that right. Well, well, so there's, there's like a couple of ways to interpret that. Number one, I, I want to go backwards on what you were saying about Starbucks, just because I went to the Starbucks website or uh, not Starbucks website. This is not a Starbucks website. Um, <laughs> but according to the Starbucks website, according to this website, I'm on a website called mermaids of earth. <laughs> and it says that, when Starbucks coffee chain was being started in 1971, I'm, I'm reading from the website, the owners wanted to evoke the romance of the high seas and the seafaring tradition of early coffee traders, which I get that makes sense. Um, especially when you think about what Starbucks was in the early 1970s, which was just roasted coffee beans. Yeah. Um, but now it's, you know, now there's really no connection to that. And I, w- I have to imagine that's because of growth and because of the change that Starbucks went through. Now they serve, you know, 
actual coffee drinks. But then I think about what you're saying about Three Keys and how that is like literally an autobiography of you. But because the term Three Keys is kind of ambiguous, it can be taken into other directions. So when I was thinking about what you were saying with like maybe the future, it'll be a little bit disentangled from from you and Kenzel and your family, like in in a way that's good too, because like at some point you're going to hire people probably, maybe you won't, I don't know. Um, but like at some point other people are going to be able to shape the vision and the ideas of three keys. And you want that to exist too, where like their visions can also yeah have room to grow. Yeah. That is, that's facts <laughs> as the kids, as people, that is factual statement. Um, and I think that's going to be, I won't say struggle. I'll say that's going to be our biggest challenge as we continue to grow. Because we see this so, so much as like, it's hard to get like, when, it, when it's your passion project and you think of it like, like, this is my baby. Like, you know, it's hard to um, allow other creative visionaries to influence that. And, and, I, and I think... That's just going to take um, a little bit of opening up, you know, for Kenzel and me. And I think we can do it. We, we, we have the capability to do it. That's not, um, that's not a beyond our, you know, personal like disposition that we can't open up and let others in and let that influence take, take shape. Um, but I, I, I do, man, that would be so hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard, but it's also like... I don't know. I think about this a lot when can I, I? I'll say this. Like, yeah, I'm, go for it. I'm a big fan of Ralph Lauren. Okay. When you think like Ralph Lauren, he's like built this entire empire, and he's still like the face of it. Um, and but there was like a couple years ago, like where he took, you know, he gave up his like CEO or chairman or whatever, and like brought somebody in, like a guy that was like, you know, an executive at the Gap, <laughs> and it like it ruined like the Ralph Lauren brand for like two years. Like the, the quality of the, the garments like went down, you know, it was just yeah. like, like, so, and that's probably a bad analogy, a bad story, but it's just kind of like, man, you know, you take that leap of faith, but you also don't want to regret it. So I think no, there, there it's all be, a risk. Yeah. It's a risk. And it's like, you know, there would be a, there'd be a point in time where that risk is definitely worth the reward um and, and i think it's gonna become it's gonna come at a point where either a um there's like some imbalance in my life where it's like you know what like i really need to focus my energy on like my family you know or like really focus energy on the things that are in front of me right now and allow someone to help me help us focus on where we can take three keys and you know i i think i'm very spiritual like and so i'll say this and i feel like you know god will reveal that moment in time like that'll it'll be so apparent and it'll slap me in the face like hit me in the face mm -hmm. where it's like yeah this is that moment that ashley and i talked about back on our podcast and i'm i'm, I'm gonna remember this moment and it's going to be like the, the, it's going to be the catalyst for like making that decision. Cause I'm like, this was meant to happen. 
Well, one of the reasons I wanted to kind of push on this idea, and I've never owned a business, so this is coming from kind of my own limited experience, but when I was a barista at my very first coffee job, there was a woman who used to come in, and she really connected with like two baristas, me and this guy named Pat. Um, And then there was a point where she only wanted Pat and I to make coffee for her. And you know, bless my, my, my manager at the time. She handled it really well. She was very nice to her. And she said, Hey, like, let me buy you a coffee today. Like I'm going to make it for you, but like, we can't have like special requests. Like we can't, um, I can't have a barista not be on bar who's making drinks step off so that one of these two people can make drinks for you. And she was very understanding of that. And it, it was one of those moments where I really reflected on like, what is this business or what is this like job mean for me like what does it mean for me to encompass this but to also be on a team of people so like again maybe this is not like a perfect analogy but I think a lot about those moments when like something grows or something changes or something becomes something else like when does something become like the sum of everybody's collective experience if that makes sense yeah yeah it may yeah I, I think it does make sense because um you know as three key you know, three keys and how it will evolve will be dependent on our ability to, um, it'll be dependent on our ability to, um, become a team. I think about it. I think about that a a lot. Um, in the sense of like, man, there's like grocer, like grocers out here and they have a team. And if, only we had a team or with the team, you know, there's more create like creative ideas that can come to, that'll come to the table with a team. Things can go from idea to actual product in a much faster timeline. Can I, can I ask you a music question? I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. But something I've been thinking about a lot. um, I don't know if you can answer this, but I think a lot about like session players and how like, they can just like jump into something and create something like without necessarily being like invested. And I wonder like, is that an experience you've ever had where you just like get to play music with other people, even if you don't know them to like make something else or just like riff. I I imagine that has to happen in jazz a lot. It does happen in jazz a lot. I I think it, you have a, you have to have like a certain confidence in yourself and a certain like confidence in your abilities to do that effectively um i see analogy there in coffee yeah <laughs> yeah um dang that's a curveball you just threw me a curveball actually <laughs> I'm, go- I'm, I'm good at this this is what i do i make you think yeah um i will say that i will have there, there's gonna be so so let me put it like this we do it's not just kinzel and i and so i think that you know, you see a lot of us and maybe there is a poor job on my part to also um, express and represent the people that help us um, or that support us or like the people like that are on staff. So I don't I, see it that way. I, I, I'm just wondering, like, I feel like you and I have gotten to this like really interesting territory of like what identity means and like what it means for like your brand to represent you. And I've, I, by no means do I think that you have like poorly represented anything. It's just oh, really interesting when like a brand 
is so much of a person and then that person has to struggle with like how much of this is me and how much of this like do I allow it to be exploring the idea that like a brand is you but like it is also like it also is not you like it can be you can remove yourself from it a little bit if you want to but that it can also be like bigger than you and that could be really exciting I think on a on a you know to that point Matchbook is a perfect example of just kind of like going off riff um kind of joining another group for a special moment in time to create something yeah Um, that's true and just like you know various like collaborations I've done like with three keys or three that three keys has done you know with others things that we've thought about um or like just things i've done you know outside of three keys like the the glitter cat release so there's like definitely um as much there's the three keys thing and then there's like my standalone things that i i get to do um but i do think you know just off of what we're talking about like this is definitely like more conversation less interview because you're actually you're putting things in perspective for me um in terms of like you know you think about the direction you want like that i want you know the business to go um and now this just adds like a uh something to think about right like to to reflect on um to chew on before i go to bed or you know or when i have my glass of wine tonight or something just kind of really like visualize that i'm a very like visual like i like to like visualize something Mm -hmm. like how like can i visualize how do i visualize this unfolding um and what and and try to like think about like how scenarios could play out you know with um potential outcomes um almost like a little mini computer (laughs) like running that makes sense like (laughs) um but you've added an extra like data point um, to this, um, this conversation is at an extra data point. Um, I'm going to bill you for this conversation later. Don't worry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I appreciate it. I appreciate, um, the, I appreciate the question, um, because it allows me to kind of like, it's, it's obviously like something that I haven't really thought about and that haven't really, hasn't really been asked to the level, which makes me like kind of scratch or go be- be- beneath the surface, you know? Um, well, I just find it so interesting when like, I'm, I'm, I'm like so fascinated by like the reasons people start businesses. And maybe that's why, like, I have so many questions about it. And I feel like it's so, especially in coffee. And I think like your story harkens to it, but like you are much more intentional about it than I think most people are, but they're like starting a coffee roasting company is like pretty low risk. Like you can buy a home roaster. I mean, there's money obviously, and there's cost involved, but like compared to opening a coffee shop, like yeah. You can do it at home. Like you can start a small mail order business at home. And I think a lot of people kind of go on this idea of like they see cuz because people interact with coffee every day. I've worked in coffee shops for 10 years. I can't count how many people have come in and been like, "I want to start my own coffee business." And I ask <laughs> them even like a, a single iota of like, "Why do you want to start this?" And they have no answers. They're no. just like, "Oh, it just looks easy." And you're like, "That's a, the fucking dumbest reason think, yeah, to start a coffee business and, that it evokes like it evokes such a positive energy like if you 
good shops evoke like positive energy and right. feelings. And like people are like, I want this for myself. You know what I'm saying? Um, I but, totally see it. <laughs> but little like, and you know, this like behind the scenes, like, man, this shit is like, it's hard to maintain that level of like a, a solid operation. Like that takes a lot of like planning, a lot of just like commitment from the staff, um, a lot of commitment from the managers, the owners, like there's a lot that goes into, um, I heard someone um, kind of phrase it like this, like, you know, like you're, if you having a coffee shop and the people that come in, those are like your guests. They're not customers, they're your guests. Mm-hmm. And to um, create that sort of experience is not fucking easy. No. <laughs> um, otherwise, like, you know, it'd be like fucking McDonald's. You just go in and grab a coffee. You're a customer. Like, that's literally the customer experience. And you just get your coffee, it's transactional, and you're out the door. But to be in a position where, to go back to your story, where there's a guest and she literally only wants her coffee from you (laughs) and one other person like that you know there's a problem with it but it's also a testament to the level of commitment that you you know had in your craft um and what you brought to work every day like you brought your a game you know um and so it's hard to create that um and i I think that's where people kind of lose you know miss that material fact like this right <laughs> right i think people forget like why people come into coffee shops and like i think that you're right like we veered a little too far the other way with that with that one customer so we had to kind of like recalibrate and bring her back to the middle um which was not a bad problem to have like as i reflect on it now i'm like oh what an interesting problem to have yeah, that like we had like too <laughs> dedicated of a customer um but i don't think other people really think like why would somebody come here why would somebody buy this coffee? And it seems like what I love about talking to you is that this is a question you think about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, why would people come to Three Keys? I and mean, there's so many options. Um, and, you know, how, how do I keep, you know, people returning to Three Keys? Um, one thing I thought about um, as I asked myself that question, there's like so many options. Like, how, why the fuck would somebody want to, um, you know, <laughs> buy my coffee? But I thought my answer to that was that it was more than just the coffee. You know, mm-hmm. it was about a full experience, full sensory experience, um, including like the playlist. Like, I yeah. got to curate a playlist for this coffee. It's a Brazilian dark roast. So I'm going to, you know, curate a Brazilian bossa nova playlist, you know, like, um, the packaging has to be dope because I want to invoke like a sense of like emotion when you see like the vibrant colors. So it's a full multi-sensory experience. And then the more I can, you know, uh, the more playlists I can offer or to paired with the roast, you know, different roast profiles, um, the more I can have like that returning customers because the customers also want um some variability or some they just want the same coffee every time right so let me offer let me make make sure i'm very intentional about you know the scope of my coffee program and so i absolutely have to have as as much coffee from every kind you know every kind as possible because i just don't want to be like 
only like Central America, South America, or only like East Africa. Like if I, if it's within my like abilities to do so, like I want to have show the, like the global variety that is coffee. Um, and, and then the, the variety of music that can be paired with it. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of a little bit of, uh, th- that intentionality again, um, kind of manifesting itself. Well, thanks to you for taking time to chat with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That was T.O. Fallon, co-founder of Three Keys Coffee in Houston, Texas. You can learn more about Three Keys by visiting their website, www.3keyscoffee.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. I'm just looking for a better day. Boss Barista is produced by me, Ashley Rodriguez. You can find a transcription of this episode on my newsletter, along with an accompanying article about this episode every Thursday at bossbarista.substack.com. To support the show, you can visit www.patreon.com bossbarista. We have over 80 patrons supporting the show right now, which is incredible. And that helps keep the show alive. We pay guests through this fund, we pay for website hosting, and we make donations. Half of our patron donations are currently pledged to five different nonprofits, each at $50 a month. Asada's Daughters, the Loveland Foundation, the Native American Rights Fund, the Grocery Run Club, and the Chicago Community Bond Fund. Again, if you want to support Boss Barista, consider making a monthly donation at www.patreon.com slash bossbarista. Another amazing way to support the show is to share this episode with just one person, a friend, someone who you think would learn something from this episode, anybody. Sharing on social media is also a huge help, along with giving us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. As a small production, these things matter a lot. So if you can take a little time, share out some of your favorite quotes from this episode, and tag us. That would be amazing. We're at Boss Barista Podcast on Instagram and Boss underscore Barista on Twitter. You can also send me an email at bossbaristapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.